She Did It Her Way podcast, episode 287, Discover How to Get on the Other Side of Busy with Shantae Grant. Hello and welcome to She Did It Her Way, a podcast dedicated to helping you launch a business that allows you the freedom to create from anywhere, design your own schedule in a way that supports you, and pursue what it is that lights you up. I'm Amanda Boleyn, your host, and it is time to do it your way. Welcome back to the show, you guys. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by Gusto. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially when you're a small business and starting out. You don't have time to be an expert in things like taxes and regulations, and old school payroll providers just aren't built for the way you work today. Gusto is making payroll, benefits, and HR easy for small businesses. Modern technology does the heavy lifting, so it's easy for you to get it right. You no longer have to be a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and great service for your team. To help show support, Gusto is offering my listeners, you guys, an exclusive limited time deal. Sign up today and you'll get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com forward slash she. Again, that's gusto.com forward slash slash she, G-U-S-T-O dot com forward slash she. Hey friend, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This week's interview, I'm hanging out with Shantae Grant, who is the creator of Because of Zoe Designs, host of the Business Life and Joy podcast, and business educator specializing in teaching women how to get on the other side of busy. Can I get an amen, please? Who doesn't want to be on the other side of busy? She teaches women how to focus on less to accomplish more and how to take your grand ideas and break them down into quarterly, monthly, and weekly goals through her Spring Forward Workshop and Signature Training Program, Peace, Pace, and Progress. In this podcast episode, you will discover Shantae's background before starting her own business, hear Shantae's recommendation to get and how to get on the other side of busy, discover the importance of prioritizing and how to do so, learn how to decide where to focus, and understand the benefit of consistency and how to turn your passion into a profitable business. Shantae, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's such a pleasure Thanks. to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored and so excited. Yeah, well, let's dive right in. Tell us a little bit about your product and service and what your business is, and then we'll back up and talk about where you were in corporate America and how you left and what that journey looks like. Absolutely. Well, I own two online businesses. The first is a product-based business called Because of Zoe Designs, which is named after my daughter. And we create memories for moms of daughters um, by way of a handcrafted hair bow. We have been making and selling hair bows online and in retail stores for a little over four years now, which is so crazy. Congrats. I love it so much. Um, I never knew that I could get so much joy out of fabric and turning them into hair bows. Um, And I'm also a business educator um, where I just love working with women and getting them to the other side of busy, Um, coming from my background in corporate America and then trying to do the entrepreneurship thing. I found myself on the busy wheel where every time you asked me how I was doing, the answer was busy, busy, busy. Mm. And I wanted to get away from that. And so I figured out how to make that work with two businesses, a five-year-old, um, a soon to be newborn. And now I try to teach other people how to find like joyful productivity so they could do what matters, but do it in a way that brings them joy. And so that's pretty much what I do. I love it. Well, I kind of, you know, I have some questions, but I want to stay on the topic is, you know, you said you went on the other side of busy. What was the one thing that you did? If there's only one thing that 
you can when you look back if you could do anything that you would recommend to my listeners to get on the other side of busy I prioritized because I thought everything was important. I thought it was important to always be working on social media. I thought it was always important to be working on wholesale, to always be making sure that I was doing all the different facets of my business. So if it was a thing that could be done in business, I tried to do it Monday through Friday. And I had to learn to prioritize and say, in this season, we're our focus goal is this. And then after we accomplish that, then we move to this. So prioritizing was the number one thing because you can't do everything at once and they all turn out well. Yeah. Well, how did you how did you decide what what was your focus? Focus goal. I I thought about the big picture, which I think for me is probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned in business and that was to think long term. So for me if if long term we want to be known for our hair bows, one of the things I had to do was cut our inventory of everything else because we were team too much. At one point because of Zoe sold suspenders, shirts, blankets, loveys. And then I kind of had to say, what in the world? Like, how do we get here? And it was because my audience would say, oh, I would love a matching this to go with that. And and so I just kept making the different things, which made it really hard with hiring seamstresses and teaching them how to make so many things and fulfilling orders. And I had to first say, okay, if I want to be known for in the long term, when people think hair bows, I want them to think because of Zoe, we need to just focus on hair bows because I'm giving them too many things to think about. And so for me, that was the first thing we did. We started figuring out how to cut inventory, which also made it easier to do wholesale. And so I, I say, start with where do you really want to end up? Three years, five years. And what's the first thing to do to get you there? And that's how I prioritized. Yeah. Well, so one of the things that I kind of want to take from there too you mentioned that even though your audience was saying okay I want this I want that you said okay no actually we want to be known for hair hair bows long term I mean was there any sort of fear any sort of resistance or like an unknown during that process to scale back and niche down did your audience size actually grow because you got more niched or what happened to that excellent question. The fear was from my end. The fear for me was what will happen if I don't do this? Mm. Because it was just getting so hectic with teaching a seamstress now how to make hair bows, how to make a lovey, how to make a blanket, pricing them differently, having so much inventory because when you think, you know, you think the blankets are going to sell just like the bows, but the bows were still the primary seller. Bow ties was another thing um, because people were like, well, we want our son to have a matching this. And I always said, you know, I will keep the bow tie thing open in the future if I ever have a son, but everything else has to go. And I made that very clear. And my audience actually grew. Our revenue grew. Everything grew once I cut everything out and just focused on hair bows because then I was only telling one story. And as opposed to trying to tell 10, I'm trying mm-hmm. to sell, okay, let's talk about the newborn and how you need a, you know, a lovey. Let's talk about, you know, the t-shirts. When I could just talk about the significance of the hair bow, which is what I focus on and why that matters to a customer because I always say I'm not a bow company. We are in the memory making business and we celebrate childhood because that's what the hair bow represents. That's why I started doing this when I found out I was a mom of a daughter. The first thing I bought was a headband. And when I can just focus on telling that one story, I can reach more people and it's one story and they're not getting confused about what they come to me for. So it really actually was me being afraid of if I don't do this, I'm never going to get to that place where this is what we're known for. And I can just speak from a singular voice in this business. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing. Let's go back Mm -hmm. then too. How did you take us back to when you were in corporate America? What were you doing? (laughs) When did the entrepreneurial bug bite? And yeah, get really detailed. Take us that moment. (laughs) 
that story is just, I still to this day can't believe it. So I was an attorney um, for seven years. I was the typical type A student, went to college, graduated top of my class, went to law school, graduated top of my class, did the legal clerkship for two years, and then went straight into working for a firm doing business litigation, which basically just means fighting on paper, sometimes in court on behalf of million and billion dollar companies. And that was quote unquote, the dream. That was what I had always planned to do with my life. And I was doing all of that, just checking the boxes. Um, and then in 2013, my husband and I had our daughter, Zoe, and everything was fine. You know, I did my three months that I got, you know, 12 weeks maternity leave, went back to work. We had a nanny. So I felt very comfortable with that. She was home and taken care of. And I was at work and things were fine for about six to nine months, everything was fine. And then around her first birthday, I just decided I want some, you know, new bows for her pictures. And I live in the South. And so in the South, the rule is if the bow isn't bigger than your child's head, we're not going to sell it. And so that wasn't my style. So I couldn't find what I was looking for. And I was like, where's chambray? Where's polka dots? Like where's (laughs) ice cream on bows? And I said, I'm just going to find fabrics I love and teach myself how to make a bow. And that's what I did. I got on YouTube. I went and bought some fabric. Little did I know that if you have a yard of fabric, you can make a lot of hair bows. I didn't need that much fabric. Um, And so I literally just said, I'm going to sell the rest on Instagram. At that time, I had a little page on Instagram where I was selling like her Zara boots that I was insane for buying Zara boots for a one-year-old, but like all her like clothes that she'd worn like two times. So I had a little, you know, boutique, if you will, on Instagram selling her clothes. And I was like, I'm just going to sell the extra bows here. And I remember that it was April, I think on April 24th, um, 2014. And I just went on and posted what I had. Everything sold out and people were like, I missed the sale. When will the next one be? And I was just like, oh, I was just like, selling extras of what I made for my daughter because I would just take a picture of the one that I made for her and then say, okay, I probably can get this many more out of the fabric and just sold out. And so I started kind of doing that maybe once a month and saying, okay, and it just kept growing on Instagram. And then at the beginning of 20, well, actually just a few months later, a store reached out to me and said, hey, do you have line sheets? And I didn't even know what a line sheet was. I was what like, is a line sheet? Sure, let me know. <laughs> yeah, what are you thinking about? You know, Google. You're like, oh, yeah, we've sheet, got those. Right? Of course, I've got a line sheet. Google girl, line you know? sheet. Right, Google. What I literally Googled, what is a line sheet? Examples of line sheets. Pictures of line sheets. <laughs> Courses <laughs> teaching you how to, you know, like all the things trying to figure out how to do this wholesale thing. And it kind of started from there by 2015, like first quarter, we had two stores that found us both on Instagram. And then when I realized, oh my gosh, this could be a thing. And I really like doing it because I'm at work. I'd have one computer up with fabric, one computer up with a motion to compel. And it's just like, you know, so stark contrast. It's so weird. And my whole life, I never thought I was artistic or creative because I've always thought of myself as being analytical, um, very competitive, um, just always thinking like this, you can only have one type of brain, right? Not one Mm. or the other. I mean, one or the other, not both. And so for me, it just was such a surprise that I loved doing it so much. And I ended up loving it more than what I was doing every single day at my actual work. Um, So it just caught me by surprise. But um, the summer of 2015, I remember it very vividly. We were headed to Orlando for my niece's graduation. And to prepare for that, that was like the first vacation we'd had in a very long time. I got all of my paperwork, all the documentations I needed for a case we were working on to my boss early saying, you know, I'm going to be out of town. That Saturday we had a wedding 
that Saturday, instead of being at my friend's wedding, I was working the whole day. I billed more hours in that Saturday than I would have any day during the week mm-hmm. um, because he decided to still wait until Friday to look at everything. And then <sighs> we were supposed to leave on Sunday. I spent a lot of time hiding under a blanket on phone calls. When we actually got to my family's house, I billed just as much hours as if I were like in the office. And I hadn't seen them in about three years because they moved from Georgia to Orlando when I was leaving for law school. And so it was just like time with family that I don't see often. And I just remember that drive home because we drove all the way from Orlando back home, which is Greenville, South Carolina, telling my husband, I cannot do this anymore. I, I, something has to change. Like I just worked so much and no one cares, like no one cares. And I just, we just had a long candid conversation, like how is this going to look? And I looked at because of Zoe and I said, I actually think I can make this work. And so that's what we tried to do. And that's what we eventually did in September of 2015. I left the firm. Um, I waited until we finished that major case because I was the lead person on it. And I have loyalty to my clients. Um, I loved working for my clients. But after that arbitration ended on a Friday, that Monday, I gave my two weeks notice. Wow. Okay. That amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Then take us like, I mean, what was going through your mind as someone who had this career, who was, you know, doing very well, litigator, lawyer, you had invested your education? Did you have any, like, where was your mind at? Where was your thought process at when you were getting ready just to put the two weeks in? I think um, originally, like that summer, I, my thought was, I'm not going to do the law firm thing anymore. I thought law firm was the problem. So what else can I do with my legal career? Um, that was my mindset at that time. And then maybe eventually do because of Zoe full time. But as time kept going between then and September, I looked at a few jobs and nothing excited me. And that's for me when a light bulb went off and I said, I'm just looking for another job that I hate a little bit less than Ooh. this as opposed to thinking, why don't you do something that you, when you wake up on Monday, you're excited because I remember every Sunday, Oh my gosh, it felt like a cloud around six o'clock at night. It was almost like my mood changed because I realized tomorrow I go back to this place and I never want to feel that again. Um, but I also was like, Shantae, you know, you've worked so so hard for this. But I think what I had to come to terms with was I'm the one living my life and I'm the one feeling these feelings as much as I can try to explain them to other people. I'm the one who feels dread on Sunday night and just hate, you know, the early morning meetings, the happy hours after work. That's just not how I want to continue to live my life. So it went from just a battle of saying, this has always been your plan to realizing that plans change. I've changed. When I made this plan, I was a teenager in high school thinking about my career. I wasn't a wife. I wasn't a mom. I wasn't a person who actually cared about who felt these things. I didn't know what the reality looked like. So the the whole battle was within myself, just trying to um, realize that it didn't matter what other people thought, because I know from the outside looking in, it's like you went from being a lawyer to making hair bows. Huh? And I'm like, yeah, and actually doing better doing that than I did in the other thing. And 
you know, and doing it on my own terms. So for me, um, by the time I got to the place with the two weeks notice, I was just so confident and just nervous, but kind of in a good way. Um, I really believed that we could, I could do it. And I did that quarter after I left, we made more because of Zoe than we had the first nine months of 2015. Wow. So it just blew up. And that was just my confirmation that this was the right thing to do. And you can't base your life on, you know, what you may have thought you wanted to do. And the fact, you know, it's okay to have a plan A, but sometimes, you know, that's why we have a letter B because sometimes it changes. And I just had to figure out how to make life look the way I wanted it to look on my terms because I couldn't let um, a legal degree dictate the rest of my future. Totally. What was your game plan as you when you took the leap in September 15? How did you strategize for because of Zoe? So um, I knew I wanted to increase our wholesale. So I took a course on wholesale. I signed up. I took a huge leap because this was a $10,000 investment and signed up for a trade show, um, which would have been my first trade show. And that was in Atlanta. We went to America's Mart. Um, I... um, we made a lot of changes in our family. We got rid of cable. We got rid of, um, what else did we do? I mean, literally just changed the budget. It was like, I love purses and shoes, but I was like, but I love my peace of mind more. And so just to be safe, which we were being super safe. Um, we just, I just changed my mindset and said, what can I give up if I need to, to make this work? Because we also had just moved into a new home. Um, and so, That's kind of those are the things I set up. I set up our house and our budget for if I made zero dollars, we could still live. Um, And of course, that's not what happened. But I just want to prepare (laughs) ourselves. Um, And then I focus on how am I going to now grow this? And wholesale was my focus at that time. And making that huge, also scary investment to do the trade show to pay, you know, the course was like $2,000 and to try to jump into really saying, we're going to focus on spreading our, you know, where we are across the country through stores. That was my game plan to start with. And that's exactly what we did. That's exactly what I did. Wow. That's incredible. Congratulations. At what point did you then transition into the business educator? And now you're a podcast host of Business Life and Joy podcast. Talk to us about that transition and how you manage your time from a day-to-day perspective, balancing both of them. Sure. Yeah. So I found that I got a lot of email questions and they were almost the same question from other makers, people who had products-based businesses saying, how did you grow because of Zoe? I recently heard you left your job. How did you do this? How did you do this? Um, and so I would hop on Periscope and this was 20, oh my end of 2016, remember Periscope? Periscope? Yeah, right. Dating myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would hop on Periscope like once or twice a week and I would start answering the questions. And that way I could say, Hey, you can just check out this video I made on Periscope. And then that started growing so much that I said, let me do something that we can keep somewhere. So I started a Facebook group, which I had to even get on Facebook to create the group. Um, I wasn't on Facebook. Um, I had just been using Instagram and And so I got on Facebook and made a Facebook group. And then I realized, like, I really love talking to these different people about, you know, the lessons I've learned, the mistakes I've made. Um, And so I originally branded under, I think I was called ProfitableJoy.com. And then from there, I realized, let me just brand under my name because it's, it's me doing the talking and the teaching. And so it kind of just evolved and grew. And then I started being invited um, this year to do a lot of speaking engagements. So it's kind of grown and I've niched down to kind of, 
you know, business on the other side of busy, because that's what I find. No matter what people come to me with, we almost always go back to how are you spending your time? Before we talk about X, Y, or Z and how you want to do wholesale, let's talk about your time, because that really is the foundation, in my opinion, for all that you're going to get done. Um, Because if you come to me, you have these grand dreams that you're like, I have two hours a day to work on my business, two hours a week. We have to kind of taper your goals based on what your time looks like. And so um, that all happened, ran, you know, kind of very organically, just like because of Zoe did. Um, and I started the podcast last year, last March. I think it was last March or April. Um, I was trying to keep up with blogging and I didn't like it. And I kind yeah. of got back to that place with because of Zoe where I was like, I'm doing stuff again, but I don't because I think everyone says you need a blog so you can pin to it. And I said, but I really I just it was so hard, but I can talk to you all day long. Amen, so sister. Said, <laughs> right. So I've like, tried you know, blogs and started blogs right. and I'm like, I'm going to do this every single week and then it's good for three months. And then I'm like, I just don't have the drive or the inner desire. And I'm like, that's OK. Like, let's just stick right. to what it is. Right, right. And I loved podcasts. I listened to podcasts religiously. And so I said, I'm going to give this podcast thing a try. And so I just told myself, you have to come up with 50 topics before you start one. And I was able to do that so quickly. And so I just started and I just literally get on there and I would talk about some of the same topics I talked about on Periscope and lots of things. And then people just really, that really started having people flock to me because I'm a person who, if you send me a podcast, I'll listen to it. If you send me a blog post, maybe it has to be really good. So I knew more people would f- would find me and would listen to what I had to say in a podcast. And so I, and I thought, what do I want to talk about? Well, of course business, but I kind of think a lot of business, you have to kind of talk about life too. And everything I do, I try to do from the the whole prospect of the end goal is to be joyful in doing it. So business life and joy just kind of rolled off the tongue and we kind of got started with it. And it's been, um, I think, yeah, over a year now. And nice. every single Monday, rain, sleet, hell or snow, there's a brand new episode. Um, just finished batching tons for maternity leave. But yeah, so it's been really fun um, just sharing what I have learned along the way and seeing how that has helped so many other people, it's my favorite thing. Like I get up every morning and I'm excited about the clients I get to work with and hear um, about how me just sharing, you know, my story on a podcast can help someone else. It's like the best. Yeah, it really, it truly is the best gift. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Congratulations. What are, let's talk a little bit about actionable items that my audience and my fabulous listeners, that I always like rave about them. I'm like, yeah, they're amazing. Especially when guests say, Oh, I had so many people reach out. And I'm like, yeah, that's because they're awesome. The <laughs> audience is fantastic. What are three actionable items you recommend new business owners doing um, when they're just starting out? Um, I would say one I already mentioned, and that is start thinking long term. I do everything for the long game. So I don't make decisions based on what looks and feels good today. I think, okay, where do I want to be three years from now, five years from now? And then what's going to help me get there? That may mean that it doesn't look quote unquote, like I'm, you know, glittering gold right now. And I'm okay with that. Cause I'd rather be a success than just look like a success. Mm-hmm. And you have to be okay with that. You have to know that the things you're doing, should be working you toward a longer term goal. And so you don't have to do every gimmick and trick that everyone else appears to be doing. And that was a lesson I had to learn. Um, So that was number one. I would say definitely start thinking long term. What do you really want to end up? And then how do you, what steps do you take to get there? Um, And then in order to get there, the second thing would be, be consistent because 
when I'm, I've noticed or I noticed in the past, if I wasn't consistent with whatever it is I wanted to the outcome I wanted, you're not going to get consistent results. But when I'm consistent and showing up no matter, you know, who is there, like when I first started with doing like Facebook lives or videos or even the podcast, I just stay consistent. Every Monday, there is an episode. If it's a holiday, New Year's, Christmas, there is a new episode. And I just stay consistent. And because of that, for over a year, so many of the opportunities that I have found come my way is because people found the podcast. And I believe it's because I chose in this area, I'm going to stay consistent. So I would say stay consistent. And then the third thing, um, I would say um, know why you're doing what you're doing, because that's going to help you when you're making goals and setting goals for everything I do. I always ask myself why like three times. Like mm-hmm. if you're like, I really want to grow my Instagram following, I'm going to ask you why, you know, why do you really want to go to your Instagram? And then usually you'll get to a place where you realize, OK, I have a real reason for doing this or I don't. And then it'll help you make decisions. So I always like to ask myself, like, why did I want to start a podcast? Well, I hate blogging. That was one reason. And then, okay, well, why do you want to, why does this, why does hating blogging me equate to a podcast? Because I have something to say and I need a way to get it out. Okay. Why is podcasting the way I actually enjoy doing podcasting? I think it's something I could batch and keep up with my time, you know? So for me walking through that, why, why, why that helped me know this was a thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's helped me realize, you know what? I really don't have a good reason because Sally did it and it looked pretty cool and that's not enough of a reason so I would say to always ask yourself why are you doing the things you're doing why are you setting the goals you're setting and really it gets back to number one are those things going to take you where you want to be long term Mm -hmm. yeah there's definitely there's something I read in a um I either read in a book or podcast or Maybe a friend told me, I can't remember, but we were talking about the difference between, especially with social media, it can be convoluted and okay, are you trying to be an influencer or are you trying yeah. to be a business owner? And yeah. having the most followers or having a large social media following doesn't necessarily convert into being a business owner. You could have yeah. this wildly successful six, seven figure business and have like a thousand people follow you yep. on social media. And so really making that distinction and not getting distracted by what you feel in the moment and what I love how you said, just keep asking yourself why to get to that place to say, does this really make sense for what I want to do? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, love it. Well, share with us some of your favorite software tools that you use in your business. Yeah, I am team Trello. I know most people either fall like Trello or Asana. I am definitely team Trello. It works with the way my brain works. Um, I use it for pretty much everything for business and life, grocery lists, lists of all sorts. So Trello I love and it's absolutely free. Um, Google Docs also free. Um, Almost everything in my business starts with a Google Doc and real life. Like I'm throwing someone a shower. Okay, open up a Google Doc. Let's make a budget. Like (laughs) Um, so Google Docs, I love. Um, and then just G Suite for business, which is where you can get the emails for your business personalized to your domain. Yes. Um, it's so inexpensive and it gives you this level of professionalism. And I use it like for Because of Zoe, because we have so many arms. We have, you know, wholesale at becauseofzoe.com, care for our customers, hello for general things. So it gives us an opportunity to kind of split up the different parts of the business, um, but keep it all in one place where it can be shared amongst my team. Um, so I love G Suite. And like I I said it's like five bucks a month for you know a personalized email so those so are my top it. three yeah those are my top three for sure yeah it's, which are free it's so and it's it's amazing I think that was one of the I for a while for she did it her way 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 back in the beginning mm-hmm. we just used gmail um and we had the domain so if you're just if your domain or your business email address is 
something something at gmail.com you can easily convert that into the the g suite for business like yep. you said five bucks a month and then yep. you can have such a professional looking email address mm-hmm. a little little investment and then you get the g suite exactly. and all that good stuff so it's definitely definitely worth it take advantage of it yeah <laughs> no this is not sponsored by google right <laughs> <laughs> um what is the best advice that you've ever received that was oh that is such a hard question um I think so. I, the way I answer this in my head is what's the best advice that I continue to give myself and I still give myself this advice. And that's just to um, never underestimate your power to change. I had to use that just like this morning. I was in a funk this morning because of I have a five year old who's just going through some emotional things with a new baby on the way. And it just you have to have the power to change. If there's something in your life you don't like, which is kind of what my story was, to say I can complain about it, I can whine about it, which whining is my least favorite thing trait of all humans. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can make you can say I can change this. You know, you don't like the way you look. Okay, what are you going to do to change it? Are you going to change your diet? Are you going to exercise differently? Are you going to stop complaining about it? I don't like the way I'm feeling, the way I'm reacting to this situation. Guess what? I have the power to change me. And so the best advice I think I've ever received or given myself is just use your power to change because you can change your mood, the way you feel like you can change so many things. Yes, there are a few things in life we can't change, but there are far more that you have the power to change. So exercise that power on a daily basis, second by second, if you need to. Um, and I think when we tap into that and do that, I think it's our greatest supernatural human power. Um, you just, you find yourself living life a lot better, more joyful, and just realizing how much control you actually do have over things. Yes. Amen. What is something that you are currently working on, whether it's in your business or yourself, personal life? What does that look like for you? Um, Right now, I'm just preparing for life um, with a little baby. We are 37 and a half weeks pregnant as we speak. Um, We're having a son. And so this is my first pregnancy. I'm so excited. Um, This is my first pregnancy um, as an entrepreneur and my first maternity leave where I set the terms. So it it all feels very first time, even though it's not because we're having a different gender, because just life looks differently. So I'm just trying to figure out how to make sure that my family is taken care of, that I'm taken care of, and that my clients and my customers are taken care of. And so for me, I think in this season, I'm just working on making sure that I have this harmony that I try to preach so much um, and honoring the season that I'm in because it can't look the way the last three months look. The last three months I've worked like crazy, but that's not what the next three months are going to look like. (laughs) And so just trying to prepare myself mentally for that is what I'm working on. Yeah. What would you say was the biggest mindset hurdle that you had to work through? Um, as far as preparing for this season or just in In, in in general general as a business owner? Um, that, Ooh, that's good. Probably that, um, I'm not for everybody, I think. Um, and that you can't, you I, you can't speak to everyone because not everyone is susceptible to learn the way that I teach or not everyone wants the hair bows the way that I make them. And so I want to focus on the people that I am for and try to be there for them and realize that it's okay if someone unsubscribes, unfollows, um, says they don't like your stuff, 
that's wonderful because I want you to go and find the person who you need. Um, and just being able to accept that and then going from acceptance to being thrilled about it and really trying to either attract or repel so that you can be wherever you need to be, whether it's find the best bow you need or find the best educator you need or find the best podcast you need. Um, just understanding and embracing that, you know, I'm not for everybody and everyone also in turn isn't for me. Mm-hmm. I love how you say embracing that too, especially when you see yeah. people unsubscribe. In the beginning, your initial reaction is, oh no, they don't I like know, me. They don't. And now you're like, yes, we're getting more <laughs> right, people that are you. <laughs> aligned with my business that want to get information because it is so much better to have a thousand true fans than mm-hmm. to have 50,000 people that are lukewarm and in Absolutely. that middle zone, right? You either That's love mindset. it or you don't. Yeah. Yeah. That took, yeah. It's so true. Totally. Well, let's move into rapid fire round as we wind down the podcast. These are really quick and fast. So, the first question sure. I have for you is what is something in your life that is a non negotiable? Um, my health, all types, natural, spiritual, emotional, physical, financial. I start my day off before anybody else wakes up in my house so that I can take care of me first. I have to be a priority and that's non-negotiable. Yeah. Got to get that oxygen mask on you before you put mm-hmm. it on your other one, your yes. other ones, loved ones around you. What is one thing that you get inspiration from? Uh, my daughter. Um, she is spunky. She is smart. She is sharp. She is challenging. And um, she just teaches me so much. Um, so yeah, big inspiration is from her. Kids are the best. Yeah. I always say they're the best ones to outsource. They're like, make me my food. Wash, like, right. wash my right. clothes. Tie my shoes. What is um, something that you believe that others think is insane? Waking up at 4 a.m. is actually a really Dang good girl. idea. I... If you, if I would have told my, if someone said, you know, last year, you're going to wake up at four and enjoy it. I'd be like, I'm sorry, you have the wrong person. Try again. <laughs> wrong number. But um, once I realized that, um, you know, I picked my daughter up from school during the school year at, I leave here at 2.30 to be at carpool at three, um, because that was something that I had the desire to do, not to send her to stay late. I realized I need some more time. <laughs> um, yeah. So I started with trying to get up at 530, then five, then 430. And my goal was four. And now it is the best because I have three hours or now two with her new school schedule coming up just by myself. It's quiet. No one needs me. I can do whatever I want. I can run to the gym. I can get an hour of work. It's just whatever I need for me. And it's quiet. But I know it sounds insane because I would have thought the same thing. But 4am is great. Okay, I have to ask what time do you go to bed? 9 930. Okay, nice. Was it when you shifted that was it you just kept moving increments back and back? Yes, because I it was the opposite. Like in school and life, I was the person I'd rather stay up late, get everything done. So that when I go to bed, I'm like, okay, I finished everything. So I had to shift thinking. And I realized I, even if I got less sleep, if I wake up earlier, I felt better. Mm. Um, and so but I couldn't do it, like just start waking up at four. So I just started at 530 for I think maybe I tried to do it for a week or two. Then I did five, then I did 430. And then I moved to four. And now once you do that for about 30 days, it's just habit. Like my eyes this morning just woke up and I looked at my clock and it was four on the dot. Dang. So, I mean, just, yeah, your body just which is a little bit wonky right now with, with pregnancy, but um. <laughs> For the most part, yeah, I will, you'll just naturally start doing it. And 
what works for me is before I go to bed, I always tell people you should know exactly what your morning routine looks like before you wake up because that's what's getting me out of bed knowing, okay, here's what I'm about to go and do. If you're like, what am I going to start with? That's going to, that might leave you in the bed, but it's kind of like when you know, you're going to Disney, you're going to get up that in that morning. Right. So it's kind of like already knowing on my desk, my desk is set up for the day, what it is I'm going to do that helps me to kind of get up because I know I got to get X, Y, and Z done. So Mm -hmm. that's how, that's really kind of what helped me to start being consistent with it. Nice. That that's amazing. I like 4am is is a dream. Although it's the weirdest (laughs) thing. I don't know. The more people I talk to and like, so I'm 30. And I have conversations with people who used to be morning people. And now they're like, I don't know, I feel like it's changed. And, Mm -hmm. and trying to shift that. I mean, even I used to be such a morning person and now I'm noticing it's shifting where my body wants to stay up later, but I'm like fighting it because I love going to bed early and waking up early. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Okay. So that I'll just, tr- I'll try your, your method. Give it a try. Yeah. Do increments, baby steps. You can't cold turkey it. That's right. Or just jump. Like that's hard. <laughs> oh, what is the best $100 or less purchase one can make in their business? Oh, that's so hard. Um, one of the best things I've purchased, um, for under $100 is my HD camera, um, because I do a lot of video, like Facebook lives or zoom calls. And you just look better (laughs) without having to put makeup on. Um, And it was under $100. um, And it just sticks right onto your laptop or your computer. And it's something that I think because video is just so important these days in your business that if you're doing Facebook lives, if you're doing something like that, it makes you look a little more professional. Like I said, you look a little bit better. Um, So that's probably one of the best um, things I've purchased for under $100 for sure. Love it. Awesome. Shante, this has been amazing. Is there anything else that you would like to share on the show? Well, I do have a special offer for your audience because I'm a part of your audience. So I feel like when you say they're cool, I'm like, yeah, we are. Yeah, girl. Um, for the, she did it her way, audience. Um, my Spring Forward workshop is my online workshop that teaches you how to take control of your time because, like I said, I'm very big on time. And if they use her code HERWAY at springforwardworkshop.com, I've got something special just for your audience. Okay. Say that one more time just to make sure we get that. Yes. So it's springforwardworkshop.com and the code is her way. Awesome. Okay, great. Well, I'm so excited for my listeners to be able to tune into this interview. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun. Payroll and benefits can be hard, especially when you're a small business. So Gusto is making payroll benefits and HR easy for modern small businesses. You no longer have to be a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and great service to take care of your team. To help support today's show, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited time deal. Sign up today and you'll get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com forward slash she. Again, that's G-U-S-T-O dot com forward slash she. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. For more information, check out shedidherway.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to leave me a review on iTunes and let me know what you think. Until next time, keep doing it your way.